Assalamu alaikum everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the MSA podcast. My name is Lean and I'm going to be your host for the day. Our guest today is a student who at the very beginning of her medical school journey decided to start her own public health awareness account, as she believed it was something that we needed as a community. Through her stories, Sara told us about what it takes to start your own platform and what difficulties can come with it. Her experience was certainly a living proof of how consistency can take you a long way. But that was not all, because Sara was also one of the youngest females in the country to get a private pilot license. So tune in with us to hear more about her stories. And without further ado, this is Sara. Assalamu alaikum, Sara. Alaikum salam. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the podcast. I'm excited. We're super excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> um, so... Just to bring it a little bit backwards, uh, me and Sarah were talking about how we met the first time. <laughs> so let me tell you the story. About two years ago, okay. we were at this event. Um, I'll tell you the name of the event afterwards, but mm-hmm. we met at an event and you were fresh at uni. You, okay. were, you were a freshman, very brand new. And we just had this conversation about a random thing. And then you started telling me about your healthcare account. I think you had just mm-hmm. started it. You had no, almost no followers. <laughs> you had no posts at it. I think it was very few, Yanni, both mm-hmm. posts and followers. And you were explaining to me what healthcare is and how passionate you are about it and the whole like idea of it. And uh, you asked me to follow the account, right? <laughs> I was promoting. And, yes, you were. Pro- I think you were at the promotion stage. Uh-huh. Yes. So you asked me to follow it. And I did, obviously. And then I remember the first thing I thought about is how passionate this person is about an account, mm-hmm. especially that you were like very fresh at uni. And honestly, even if I speak from like an experience, usually students don't get very involved or passionate about something like at like very early stages of uni, especially like talking about as again, as a person that experienced it took me two years <laughs> to start wanting to get involved. So, yeah, so that was very, very exciting, honestly. And now, fast forward two years later, <laughs> you're our guest on the podcast to tell us about your account, Healthcare, and obviously so much more. But yeah, starting with Healthcare, what would you tell us about it if, you know, for those who don't know what it is? I think it was very interesting that you said that I spoke about the account because a lot of the time, I remember, especially early on, I would not talk about it because it was like, it was something so sacred to me and I just wanted to be like separated from the account because I wanted people to take it seriously and I didn't want like my name associated with it. So I feel like we must have had a really good conversation <laughs> if I told you. Yeah, it was a very interesting one. Um, I started the account uh, back when it was around COVID time and I remember there were posts circulating there was this particular post that like always like you know boiled my blood a little bit it was about like the effect, uh, efficacy of masks and they were they were trying to promote the uses of use of usage of masks but the statistics were all wrong uh i remember it had like an image of like some one person two people not wearing a mask and they were like transmission is 100% one person wearing a mask transmission is 75% and then both people wearing a mask transmission is 0% or something and I saw like my friends, my teachers, a lot of people reposting it. And I remember thinking like, wait, there's nothing to back this up. And when I would like do a little bit more research, like it was proven to be false. And I remember like from there, I started to like kind of like post on my own in a non-patronizing way. Hey, like this isn't right, you know. And um, 
I would start and then I would find more posts that like I thought were beneficial and I would just kind of repost it or you know articles and I would just kind of sy- uh, make a little synopsis and like post it on my story because that back then it was like the beginning of COVID and everyone was kind of confused and scared especially like in Saudi like you didn't not until a couple months like after you know March did you have like that much like information like now we can get information left and right subhanAllah like the ministry did an incredible job and I'm and I'm like honored to like even be you know contributing to any source of or flow of information in here um but back then it was like a really iffy time and it got to the point where I was like you know what why don't I just like post this somewhere so that's where the idea of health care came out of it came out of just like pure like oh like I'm doing this anyways like let me just post it somewhere and maybe like people will find it beneficial because I saw people like screenshotting my story and I'm like okay wait let me let me try to like make this a platform for people and I expected it to just be like a month-long thing and then Hulls like I'll leave it alone uh but after a while um I started to realize like there were like there were there was so much information out there but there wasn't information that was like personalized to Saudi so you would see like all of these statistics that were saying like oh yeah like in the US or in the UK you know, this is where you can go get a COVID test or, you know, this is where you can go get a vaccine. This is how you can sign up to get an appointment. But there wasn't anything specialized for Saudi unless like, you know, you looked for it or you followed the ministry page or, you know, there wasn't something like mainstream media. Uh, so I just kind of saw it as a way of like, OK, like I'm doing my own research. Why not like help other people find this information, too, in a concise kind of manner? And uh, yeah, that's where the idea came from. And that's how I started it. Can I just say I love the name? <laughs> I really, really do. Okay, so when you started the like the idea of the account and decided, okay, you want this account to be real and started working on it, how did that happen? Did you tell anyone about it? Did you want to start a team or was it just you at the beginning? Um, so I would say, like I told you in the beginning, I was very self-conscious of the account. And I did not want to tell anyone that it was for me because I was like, I am a fresh high school graduate. Like no one is going to take me seriously at all if this girl starts like spewing like medical information. So that was like a literally like first year. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Before so, co- during COVID. Yeah, you said, like yes. during COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I was just like very conscious of it. And I just said like, okay, I'm not going to tell anyone it's my name. It's my account. Mom, my mom didn't even know. She found out through like a colleague of hers. She was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I initially had kept it all on my own. And I would like for fun, like I was in that whole, like, I'm a fresh, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to med school. Like I'm going to, I'm going to look at research papers and I'm going to start publishing. And alhamdulillah, I ended up doing that. But like, I was like reading papers for fun. Everyone would tell me like, you're going to like this phase of yours, it's going to die off after a while. Like you're not going to find it enjoyable and things. And, um, but I continued to uh, pursue that and alhamdulillah like it became like what it is right now like resource backed information in like uh short concise like nice designed <laughs> yes, Instagram we'll talk posts. about that we'll <laughs> talk about the posts definitely uh and then uh eventually I realized that like the whole um like there is a lot of like information out there in English but there's not a lot in Arabi mm-hmm. 
And uh, I think there's like a very big, you know, information gap that like, you know, there are only so many like Arabic sources that give like, you know, reliable information, not like WhatsApp forwarding (laughs) messages, information, reliable information that like is also, you know, short, concise and like nicely designed and appealing and all of that. So uh, my friend Sara Al-Harthi, we both uh, like I told she found out about the account during like a comm project booth that we were doing together and she wanted to help contribute and she helped with like the translations. So how long after you started the account did you invite your friend to be a part of your I think it was like maybe a year or six months after. So you were doing it on your own for a year? Yeah. And And then alhamdulillah like Sara came and she's equally as passionate. She reads like the most interesting novels every time I see her. Like she is just like a literature like beautiful <laughs> she's just great at like words and had to like arabic words as well so um she was just a great addition and uh she's equally as passionate and i love working with her impressive <laughs> she is <laughs> so um i get it i get the now i kind of get the purpose of the account and why you wanted to start it on the first place but um we can't deny the fact that we do have a lot of like public health awareness accounts mm. and everything and i i really like how you said you wanted to target the population here in saudi arabia mainly but would you say that's the main reason your account would stand out amongst the other ones mm, that is a good point and i think i tend to have like moments where i'm like this is pointless like you know there is a lot of information out there and what's the point like you know other accounts are doing just the same thing as i am or even like as much as I try to personalize, as much as I try to like make it um, unique, there's always going to be that like information out there. So I think what separates my account from anyone else's, it's nothing really. Like it would be, it would just be that I'm doing it for, I'm doing it for the purpose of like helping people. And I don't really care about like whether or not it's going to be as popular or whether it's going to be as like like, accomplished. You know, I'm doing my research and I'm finding information on things that I think that would be per- like uh, that would be interesting and like uh, beneficial to people. And whether or not they decide to like read that information or not, like doesn't concern me. Like, inshallah, like if it helps one person, that would be, you know, I like that. I like that you have this idea in mind that your account doesn't have to stand out as long <laughs> as you're doing it for a purpose. Good for you. <laughs> really. <laughs> So, okay, so just to confirm, as of right now, it's only you and your friend, Sarah Al-Hathri, right? Yes. It's only you on the team. It's really nice. So how do you pick a topic? Because I just, again, I did some stalking <laughs> to the account, obviously. Yeah. And I've been following it again for two years. The variation in the topics is is really wide. Like you have topics from just, just you know, general public health awareness posts, so different things or trends that are coming out in the world or specific topics that you know just basically trending at that time (laughs) so how do you pick the topic uh i think you used the right word like not i wouldn't say trending because i don't know if health is trending (laughs) but you uh, you're right like i see what you mean like that happen i've seen some posts about like certain things that happen at that that time time, you want to talk about it you're right yeah yes um i would say uh we like i tend to kind of go with Usually some people reach out to me on DMs and they're like, you know, I think this would be a good topic for you to cover or like, you know, 
um for example during like when when i was promoting some of the different mental health clinics like available in saudi uh some people were like asking if we can like di- uh dive into certain like uh, conditions and like talk about their prevalence in the country in the kingdom um so through dms i would say is one another one is using the ministry website and seeing like what are the, like the most prevalent conditions that are in the kingdom um and on top of that like i would also look at like awareness months so i would have like a calendar of all of the different health awareness days and months and i would try to like coordinate the posts with those so that it would you know like it would for example i think this month is cervical cancer awareness month and i'm speaking to inshallah like a obgyn and uh in king Faisal, and we're going to do an interview with her and uh, also with the foundation um i have to be honest i forgot the name of it, it started with an r it's okay <laughs> this uh hopefully we'll collaborate with them on another post so yeah like try to go with like the health days of like the year and make it pertinent like i think during the during the world cup like i was like okay let's go into like what you can do if like there's a football injury like what are the common football injuries and like try to go with like trends like you said yeah so not necessarily health as you said doesn't trend yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. always there but like specific times of the year you just you, you like to follow that so how would you say that your schedule of like maintenance is like how often do you post how how do you do the whole thing i have been trying to do it uh like thursday friday saturday posts um but i think uh something i like always have to kind of like remind myself is that i'm a student first and sometimes i do have to prioritize like my studies and i do have to you know work and it frustrates me because i'm like i want to do this i have a on my phone if you see my notes app it is filled with like just random thoughts that i have throughout the day where i'm like oh i could do a post on this or i can do a post on this and sometimes i'm like okay take a breath what's like important what can i address right now what do i have time for and yeah even though i wish i could you know cover every topic on the earth uh i think like inshallah with time like it'll slowly get there inshallah you never know know. so as we i think we mentioned something about the design of your posts (laughs) they're amazing honestly the coloring the just the whole ideas and everything who who does that is there like a specific someone or is it just you mashallah i i do the design you do that on your own yeah i always like um you know my family has like this like joke in the house that like you know never look at the furniture too long it's probably going to be like placed somewhere else and uh because it, like it's it's a thing that my family says is because um i love like design and i love like interior design and i love you know like the meticulous like collection of colors and like all of that so uh, i think it like it also gave me like a place to kind of help kind of give me a place to kind of like let that artistic side of me out and so did you start learning how to like design posts and everything after you started the account or was it vice versa? Uh, I would say before I was very like in high school, I was very involved in oh. clubs and things. And I always felt like I didn't have enough like, you know, creative freedom and doing my own things. So I was like glad to have like healthcare as a way to like exercise that. Interesting. So um, you mentioned something about collaborating with um you know a certain organization 
So would you see that happening a lot? Like, do you have plans of maybe business collaborations for your account or is it just pure awareness, not business related at all? Um, I would say it, it, we do have collaborations. So, for example, during the um, for we had the mental health awareness uh, day in university. So in like to commemorate that, since they invited Hathir to have a booth at the Mental Health Awareness Day, uh, we spoke to different um, like therapy platforms and uh, mental health pr- platforms that are specific to like the MENA region, specific to like Middle East African region. And uh, we received like promotions and like discounts from them if, if like they were like followers of Health Khair. So like it wasn't so much to like provide provide a discount. Um, it was so much to like kind of like let people be aware that like there are, you know, solutions like therapy solutions that are specific to this region. And I think like the whole purpose behind like the booth was to kind of show that like yeah like you have options that are here, and like the whole purpose of healthcare being involved in that was that like therapy is not a cheap you know, solution and yeah, specifically uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, like that's not a cheap solution, even though it's something that like even people who not haven't necessarily gone through some trauma, like still need to experience at some point in their lives. So we wanted to make it like affordable, accessible, and um, just like have more people be become aware of these like options to them. So how long is how long ago is that book? Uh, this was last October, November, sometime. So this was when the like we started doing the offers. But before then, we also did like uh, collaborations with, for example, SALT, the Down Syndrome Awareness, uh, Down Syndrome Association. Um, I I have to remember some of the other names. Uh, also with the NCBS N uh, National. Mental Health Association and NMHA uh, with them. And uh, yeah, like, so some collaborations here and there. So basically what happens, I just want to make sure I understand how your collaborations happen. You you collaborate with the specific organization and you just spread about, like awareness about what their contents or whatever they're doing on your account? Or is there other ways of like... Do you work in other ways? You you mentioned something about booths, and I think that's a new one for me. So, so with some of the associations, it's more or less just getting the statistics and information that they have, uh, that they've collected, and kind of like regurgitating that into a post, and like spreading their spreading information about their association and like promoting their association. This with some of the like like partnerships that we've had. Uh, where they like gave us like offers for their comp- uh, for their platforms and things that would be more of like us contacting them and asking them like you know what does your what does your account provide what does like how can people sign up like why is it beneficial you know how can like people like uh, receive support from you and like is there any offers that you can give it give to us so then like you can help make therapy more accessible and like affordable to people so those are like the two uh, categories I would say of collaborations. Just use your account to promote all of that. It's really interesting, and I keep going back to the fact that you guys are only two, <laughs> yeah. so you do this whole thing and you collaborate with people and you make booths and accounts and everything. Just two people. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> wow. Um. All right. So, 
yeah obviously as we were talking at the like beginning year when i followed your account it had like almost <laughs> yeah i think it <laughs> Negligible. was i don't remember no no it was no it's fine i mean every every account yeah, has a start no one just randomly <laughs> gets 2000 plus followers so you're you're at a really good place right now especially mm-hmm. with everything you mentioned like collaborations and all of that but is it at the stage you has you have envisioned yet like two years afterwards i would say uh it's very easy to get caught up in that like oh like if you get if you once you reach a certain stage you're always looking like ahead and you're like i wish i want to go i want to go here but you never like kind of look back and you're like okay like I, i i achieved the goal that i wanted to achieve and like i can like be like proud of that and i can be you know um happy with where i am I think like there's always going to be a part of me that's like I want to do more and I need to do more and um sometimes you just have to like sit down and say like okay alhamdulillah for where I am and alhamdulillah like everything that I'm doing is like you know it's still beneficial uh I would say like it's not at the point where I would want it to be I think it's really easy to get caught up with university and like especially with like blocks being here and there MSA all of that like it can it does take away like a lot of the time that I wish I could have spent on health care. But um, I think like, yeah, like just saying alhamdulillah and saying like, you know, as long as I'm here where I am. Of course. And again, it's only you two and you started at a like a very early stage and you're still at a, like early an stage. early stage. Yeah. You still have a really long way to go. And I think it's just the fact that you're still doing it and you, you still have the same like passion for it as as you start because i'm because now i'm remembering the conversation we had <laughs> you're still very passionate about it in the very same way so i really like congratulate you for that thank you so sarah you've been working on this account for two years and obviously from everything we just talked about there's a lot that goes into it and there are certain skills that you've learned and cer- certain skills that you had to learn for the account how would you say this whole process influenced the person you are today i think that's a good question um i i remember when i first started this account and i was speaking to my dad i was saying baba like these are such simple things like how does no one know this you know like like this is common sense no like and he said something that's very typical of of, of him and like his idioms and his uh like little proverbs that he drops like here and there they always stick with me throughout my life but he said that like you know you can never blame someone for the circumstances of their life and you cannot like assume that someone will just know this or someone will just it's common sense or something because not everyone lives with the privilege that you live with not everyone is like exposed to the information that you're exposed to like alhamdulillah you're able to like read write you're able to like dissect information and figure out what's the truth but you can't expect everyone to have the time that you have everyone to have like the knowledge that you have and um i think uh when i first started the account i would also you know a lot of the frustration that came out of like me wanting to write about like you know awareness and the importance of it was seeing how um for example with breast cancer if i'm like thinking off the top of my head the prognosis for breast cancer in saudi is like towards the more uh towards like late stages it's more towards like fatal stages and uh incurable stages while in the u.s like it's 
uh, early stages and um, more, it's like not just treatable, it's also curable. And I would get frustrated that like, you know, why can't people just, you know, get over themselves and see a doctor if they have a problem or anything like that. And um, I think what like working on the account showed me was like, what it kind of taught me to be a little bit more humble. And it told, it taught me that like, not everyone will have the, you know, like my dad said, not everyone will have like the knowledge that you do best just because like you have this knowledge it's like your like duty not just like as a not just as like a medical student but it's a, your duty in like in life and islam in everything to spread you know your knowledge to uh, help others in any way you can and i would say that yeah so this account kind of gave me the opportunity to do so and um it kind of made me come to the realization like no matter what stage or place someone is in their life everyone has the right to like be knowledgeable of that, about their health because in the end of the day like no one is going to advocate for you as much as you are going to advocate for yourself about your health and um no one is going to step out of their way like go out of their way to care for you as much as you are going to care for yourself so everyone deserves to be like empowered with knowledge everyone deserves to be have like the have the opportunity and skills to uh seek knowledge the way i do or seek knowledge the way like you do subhanallah you're like a fourth year now so uh yeah i would say that i think if anything like this account just taught me a lot of humility it taught me that like um i started off with like big dreams and big hopes that but i started to realize that like okay i have to take it bit by bit small by small not going to reach like this point where I want to reach right now and that's okay and I just have to be okay with that yes of course I mean by you studying medicine is also you know you're doing great for the world so (laughs) thank you um what about the technical part of it so like you researching and publishing stuff how would you say that that you know intrigue certain Hmm, I would say definitely (laughs) I think um I love to write. I think I've always had like a fondness for literature. Uh, I would always like kind of joke like to my parents. I'm like, I'm going to just go get an English degree. I think that would be easier for me. Well, alhamdulillah, I really like medicine. (laughs) But um, I think a lot of like my writer's block would kind of, I, I would have like very strong writer's block. And a lot of it would come from me just not being able to like, I would have these incredible ideas and I knew exactly how to phrase it but I would just like what would stop me is just like the moment I like put my hand to the keyboard it's like no but it's not perfect and it's not like exactly how I want it to be so I think with health care like because I have to produce so much like and so often it just kind of taught me that like it's okay like when you're researching like if you have an idea just like the first step is just putting it on paper like putting it or in my case on Canva but like putting it down and at least like putting it on there and I think that like solved like 90% of my problems uh, and it helped make me become a more like avid writer because I was no longer afraid of like that first step like that first jump of like okay I just like uh, of like putting my idea onto paper so um, I think it made me well more well-versed in like writing and publishing and being less scared of like being less scared and intimidated of like 
these big platforms and uh you know article uh journals and uh newspapers because i'm just kind of like okay like this is just this is just another healthcare post it's okay so speaking of newspaper what can you tell us about Arab news you have a role in that uh you've yeah. been involved with yeah so i was reached out to by one of the i don't i would say editor but like one of the i would call them scouts i'm just thinking in terms of msa podcast i would say scouts um but uh i like cited them in one of my posts so like the lady like the woman who talked to me was just like oh like you know you can always be a contributor like a health contributor and when i heard that i left her on red for like two months <laughs> because i was so like up like scared of the idea of like oh like my writing could be somewhere other than on uh like like an instagram platform why i think it comes a lot from like imposter syndrome even when people i think it comes a lot from when i first started the account of like not wanting people to know or not wanting my name associated i just didn't feel like i was competent enough and i sometimes still feel that way because i'm like i'm only a med student like when i say this like how humbled me it humbled me <laughs> like there is so much that like there's so much that i know but there is also so much that i don't know and i don't want to like be the reason why someone is uh ex- like gets misinformed um but alhamdulillah like i think i'm more or less like over it i think like with adequate like you know editing and preparation like you can avoid all of the mistakes that like you i'm i'm so fearful of it committing but uh anyways when she reached out like i uh, i had like the freedom over like what type of like health contribution contribution i could make and i think my first post was uh, my first article was about was back in ramadan and it was about blood donation so i spoke about how you know it's very like stigmatized or like it's very like there's i i don't want to speak to the religious aspect of it because i'm not sure myself but uh sometimes like people there there are lower um blood donations that happen in ramadan and that's something that the blood bank in kfsh one of the um, uh one of the work uh one of the uh, phlebotomists were telling me that like the donation amounts are much less than ramadan and i spoke about in the article that like one of the you know we do so many food donations we go around like we give everyone a thought and all of that but it's like one donation that like is very overlooked upon is blood donations so i was uh very proud of that article and like the articles that came after it as well so you're now like you're going to be involved with them for a long term for like a long time or is it just like the uh it's stuff more- you published or it's uh they give us the free like they give you the freedom of like whenever you want to okay. publish you can publish nice. whenever you don't you can. so i just want to go back to a very interesting point that you talked about is how you know it, i think it's normal to get overwhelmed especially when you have audience and you're sharing information to them you want to know if you're you know sharing fully accurate information or not so how do you like confirm i think <laughs> i would like to know that actually. um so i have a document on that i link onto healthcare that has like all of my citations so all of the like research articles that i get my information from um i would say i confirm just honestly by proofreading by reading again sometimes i if i know someone who is like interested in that field alhamdulillah we're in like 
a med school. So like if I know someone who's like an intern or, you know, a family member who's like in that profession, I would like quickly have a chat with them like, hey, like, is this accurate? <laughs> Am I spreading misinformation? So I think that's that's like it's kind of like an informal way, informal way of proofreading. But this is how I like. And you do it check. for every single post. Um, I think a lot of the times I take information like verbatim from articles. So then I don't really worry that much about like the the spread of misinformation but it's like more or less yeah uh, i think my family is very like discussion based like we always are talking about something and sometimes my friends are also like oh you talk to your parents about that i'm like yeah i talk to my parents about everything <laughs> are so your parents that my mom is a physician okay, in nice. king Faisal, so uh, okay, so she makes things easier smoother. yeah <laughs> okay and again, I just want to emphasize there are only two people. <laughs> only two people <laughs> two do people. all of that. So there'll be more maybe. You Hopefully next year. Yeah. Preview. <laughs> right. That's free promotion here. <laughs> Join <Wow>. their team. <laughs> so, um, Sarah, aside from Arab news, you also had a whole article written about you in Haya Magazine. Do you want to tell us about that? Um. Yes, I guess. <laughs> Yes, so the Haya Magazine article actually came to a very like came to a surprise to me. I think it was at a time when I wasn't even posting that much on health care. I was like this close to kind of giving up because I was like, oh my gosh, I think I was working on Endorepro, and I was just trying to like get through the blog. I did not care about anything else. And um, she reached out and she said that she was really interested in knowing about the uh, founder of the account and uh, like how she is publishing and like the process and what uh what i was doing as someone as a woman living in saudi like how was i contributing to the kingdom and uh it was a very interesting perspective that she had brought out in the interview um the magazine I, honestly i had no idea what it was and then i slowly like told a few friends here and there and they were like are you are you sure <laughs> i'm like oh yeah hey uh, do you know it and they're like i grew up reading that magazine and then slowly you know when you hear something and you get exposed to it you start seeing it everywhere so when i would go to salons when i would go to offices i would start seeing it on table <laughs> counters and i'm like oh wait this is a big deal <laughs> and uh i think it was um it was a really great opportunity i think it was like my first like big like article uh big like interview and uh, i was really excited for it and it was really cool <laughs> did the publisher tell you how she got exposed to your account or your posts or? honestly i still wonder to this day i was too starstruck in the moment to ask so i have no idea how it came about but i think it came after we pub we posted um some post about the different resources available in saudi and that one got like a lot of traction so maybe like it happened through there i remember like friends just telling me uh like oh do you know this person i'm like no why would i know this person like oh they reposted your post and i'm like oh that's great like i'm so happy that all of this is getting out there and inshallah to many more articles <laughs> about you so um Aside from Hal Khair, um, going back to, you know, social media, I remember two months ago I was on Twitter just, you know, scrolling and I saw this post. I think it was from you or someone posted it about you. Uh, it was 
flying a plane <laughs> someone was flying a plane and you know i think the caption was you know i miss flying or something so for those who don't know sara has a private pilot license right i would Do say you? on the way of getting there yeah so yeah tell us about that um i don't even know where to start because it just came so sporadically that like one day um i would like joke around with my dad that like oh i'm gonna go f- i want to go fly and he's like yalla okay let's go and we headed over to the mama where they have an aviation academy and uh they have this uh, i had my first like test flight over there where uh the instructor kind of like took you on a test ride so wait, how how old were you <laughs> i was i think 16 so the idea came was it before you were 16 or like i think uh the idea was probably like beforehand it was just kind of like a joke where it was like <laughs> oh yeah we're going to fly or something but like just randomly like okay let's go let let's do it and uh subhanallah like we were able to do all of these lessons and fly and it was possibly like the like craziest thing that's ever happened to me i think sometimes i even tell my friends like they bring it up and then i'm like oh yeah that happened like i i still don't believe it <laughs> yeah i mean we've had some very interesting hobbies here on the podcast but we've never had uh, a person flying airplanes at such a young age so you said you started getting interested in that at 16 and then which should make you one of the youngest you know female um pilots in Saudi Arabia I think that's also what we read so how did that happen um it was very sporadic i think uh when we first started doing this it was back in Houston and where i usually live and it was on this like really cute uh airfield tiny airfield called Ellington Airfield and uh, i actually did it with my brother so he doesn't really like publicize this a lot it's like he was doing the lessons uh in another plane alongside me i think back on my first test flight on uh, my first flight that like was booked down and all written down and my instructor was was this like 70 80 year old war a uh, vietnam war veteran and subhanallah wow like he had more energy than me he was like checking the uh checking the oil vault uh, constantly like jumping around the plane uh, fixing the flaps fixing the wings um and like oh, uh, he he was just like the most active uh, active 8 year old man i've ever seen <laughs> but i remember when we were first taking off i was so scared cuz i'm like i'm going to crash this plane and this guy is going to like have like the most traumatic flight of his life like because of me and every other minute i'm like looking over to check if he's he's okay not even me not even if i was okay uh but i remember taking off from the airfield and the sound of the little airplane that i would fly the propeller would just sound so rusty it would sound so like um ancient to me that i was like okay i was like i'm going to do my duas from now like it's going to end it i'm not going to i'm not going to survive this but alhamdulillah like it was the most smooth flight of my life uh we took off and we just did like laps around like the airfield and he got me used to some of the instruments that were inside the plane and uh it was and then he popped open the hood of the of the little plane and uh 
he told me like we went at like an at a higher altitude and he was just like okay now take your hands off of the yoke of the plane and just like put your fingers out and feel the clouds and it was so chilly i remember feeling like i'm going to get like reynard syndrome or something <laughs> uh, because it was like it was so cold and i could feel like the moisture like developing on my fingers and um i remember like that moment very distinctively because it was just a very surreal experience to me and uh ever since then like it's just been something that like i really cherish and uh Although I used to drive my instructor like crazy with the amount of times I would come in late and the amount of times I would ask him, hey, what, what did this do? Like, what is what is this again? <laughs> or like, how do I level my how do I level my nose when I'm going when I'm like stalling, which is like when you're putting the nose of your plane too high and like you need to like level it out. So it, uh, it it's able to like fly smoothly. Um so that was all in Houston, right? All in so Houston. So what did you do over here? Because I know you also, you did something in Tamama, I guess. Uh, that was so just like the initial, the initial uh, stage of it was here in Tamama. This, I think I spent most of my summers in Houston. So okay, so it I was would... during summers that you would go and actually yeah. practice there and take lessons. Mm -hmm. So what stage are you at right now, like regarding your license? I am, I've done my ground training, which is like a bunch of physics that I've had to do. I remember thinking when I was first enrolling in med school, I was like, like, oh, thankfully I won't have to do any more physics. And then, <laughs> then I had to do so much when I was doing the ground school of like, um, just like learning like the basics and learning like how, what's the mechanism of like how the plane is flying. So I'm able to like, if, uh, somehow something happens or something like I, I'm always able to like fix it by like using my like in, uh, intuition and like my the, all I've learned from the ground training. Um, you can never escape physics. I can never escape physics. <laughs> Even my dad, true. like he like pulls up some <laughs> random like like math or physics by like looking around the world. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, this is this works by this mechanism. I'm like, Paul, please leave your engineer brain at home. Like, yeah, I guess we can never escape. We're it. never able to escape it. Yeah. Okay, so so right now you said you, you still have your written exam, which you will do soon. I still have the written exam. Yes. So I've I've done the ground training. I just have the written exam and I have a couple more hours to clock in. But I think with like how life goes, like um, subhanAllah, like, you know, you had COVID, you had, uh, you just had a lot of like inner, like interruptions, like throughout the years that like I haven't had the time to continue for a while. So I'm. I know that when I get back, I'm going to have to start from uh, number, like from like the first point again and like start again. But you know, it was so worth it. So I don't mind doing it 50 times over. So you do have the plans to like continue and actually get your full license. Yes, I do. That's interesting. So when you started wanting to fly at 16, did you uh, think about making it as a carrier, or was it just like no, you've always wanted it to be a hobby? I think I. I had not even started driving at that point. Like I did not know how to drive a car when I first started. Yeah, I'm my... gonna get to that. <laughs> uh, when I first started uh, my pilot's license, um, I think it was more or less like it was kind of like a, it was a hobby. Like I would say it was more like a hobby. Uh, my dad had enrolled for like three months into a flight 
into the air force for like three months and then he dipped and he always used to speak about like you know like oh like he knew so much about planes and i remember thinking like oh wouldn't it be nice like to fly a plane okay so you would say you were kind of influenced by your dad's interest in yeah i think it was like kind of like an opportunity like for him he even when he sees us like go fly, uh, fly up and he's just like oh it's like he, he he's more excited than we are so it's 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 exciting to see him like you know uh, get excited about that but it's like yeah from like a young age we would get like you know model airplanes and like all mm-hmm. of that so like it just kind of like naturally like grew yeah. an interest for it yeah i was gonna talk about the car thing like you're 16 you're you you aren't even allowed to drive a car so imagine (laughs) flying planes um so yeah so your family was kind of familiar with the whole idea but how did your friends react to you like flying planes at 16 uh it was some random day in high school like random summer in high school and i'm not like that i wasn't that avid of a social media user so i didn't really like publicize it on any account until like later on when i got older and stuff i started using my socials yeah and um so i remember it was like chemistry like ib chemistry and i remember like my teacher was like asking all of us oh like what did you do over the break and things and it was like two truths and a lie and i was like oh this is a perfect opportunity to bring this up (laughs) and i just kind of dropped the bomb there and i think i said like two like really like realistic like things and I said, like, oh, and I, like, and I now know how to fly a plane. And everyone's like, oh, flying the plane. That's a lie. Easy. And then I was like, nope. <laughs> that's how, uh, that's how, like, I, like, introduced the topic and I, like, let people know. Well, hopefully we'll see you flying solo very <laughs> soon. Inshallah. Maybe you'll see me, like, from the memo over yeah, here. I'll, like, say know. hi to Al-Faisal too. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Tabsara, what's next? Because we see the variation, you know, from health care to piloting to you, you can basically expect anything at this point. <laughs> what would you say is next for Sara? Um, I think I find a lot of solitude and I find a lot of peace in trying to be unconventional and trying like to step out of like, I wouldn't say comfort zone, but I would say um, step out of like the norm. And like if I see I I like to think of myself as a proactive person. And if I see like an issue or if I see like something that should be addressed or if I see like a like a possible like opportunity, I try to seize it as much as I can. And again, I'm only human. I can only do as much as I like uh, as much as my body and like my time allows me to do. But I think that's like kind of like the beauty in it. I think like I don't really know always like what's next, but I just know that like whatever I do, inshallah, like it's always with the right intentions. It's with like uh, the ulterior, like um, with the ulterior motive of like, you know, everything I do has to come back and always like uh, help me like achieve more for not just this dunya, but for like the akhirah and um yeah, just to, like make sure like everything I do in the future is uh, not just like self-centered. It's like something that will benefit others. I think that's like something that drives me is like I don't want to just live a life where I'm only satisfying myself. I want to like do things for others as well. And inshallah, like I get the opportunity to do that over time. Inshallah. Inshallah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. It was a very, very late and 
interesting <laughs> conversation. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll meet you again in two years' time with <laughs> new accomplishments. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Uh, this episode was prepared by the scout, Lian Habib, and edited by the sound engineer, Abdurrahman Baqtian. And yeah, see you in the next episode.